Hi, my name is Brooke Archer, a qualified clinical nutritionist and naturopath who's passionate about showing people how they can live their happiest and healthiest lives. Through my business Evolve Nutrition and Naturopathy, I've helped hundreds of women, men and children listen to their bodies and elevate their health. Join me and my expert guests as we share all there is to know to evolve your health and live your best life. So get comfortable and get ready to learn. This is the Evolved Health Podcast. Dieting. Most of you will have tried it in some way or another. Not all of you will recognize that that is what you've done because not all diets look like cottage cheese on thin, hard rye crackers, meal replacing shakes, pre prepared frozen meals, or counting and measuring every morsel you eat. These days, diets look a lot more like ketogenic eating, blood type eating, carnivore eating, vegan or vegetarian eating, food group avoidance without a medical condition like gluten-free for weight loss, intermittent fasting, a raw diet, Whole30, Paleo, FODMAPs or reduced cleanse. Each of these may have a use for improving certain people's health. But they are diets sold under the promise it's not a diet, it's a healthy lifestyle. And depending on your before picture, they may be a great improvement for you, but they are still a diet. When we talk about dieting, we are essentially talking about restricting, depriving or limiting our caloric intake. Or more simply, we try to eat less. In more recent years, the trends will see us avoiding food groups altogether or removing whole meals from our day. Ideally, unless you have a medical condition, allergy or food sensitivity intolerance, then you shouldn't be avoiding any food groups. Yes, that's right. You can still eat carbs, (laughs) but you ideally want to choose where you're getting those sources from in all of your food groups. So it might be ideally that you want to choose plant-based carbohydrates such as vegetables and fruits. We need some of them for our energy requirements, so we definitely have to have some of them. We in fact need some of all of the food groups regularly throughout our day for our bodies to function optimally. Many of those diets dismiss this thinking and challenge you like never before to go against your natural biological needs. Some people will see some results from changing their eating habits in this way. I mean, duh, (laughs) as if you're not going to see a change when you fuel it differently. But for the majority, the results are short-lived and weight loss is soon gained back with some excess as a bonus. This rebound effect propels people to find the next diet and the next because you did lose some weight from changing things up. So in order for it to stay off, there must be a better one out there. What worked for your girlfriend, hairdresser or the influencer on Instagram or TikTok is of course going to be just what you need. Did you hear the sarcasm there? 
What we also know is that when people do what we classify as weight cycling, so repeatedly gaining and losing weight, generally from dieting, they can have an increased risk of developing diseases such as type 2 diabetes or heart disease. There's no coincidence in the big companies producing your health and wellness supplements and then also being involved with the medicines that treat the diseases that result. Now, all this diet industry is really big business, and I mean big business. There's always the promise that this magic pill or powder will work to melt your fat away. Or if you replace real food with these meal replacement options of frozen meals, shakes or convenience bars, then you won't even have to give food another thought. Here lies one of the big issues, but I'll leave that soapbox for another day perhaps. The big pharma companies or cereal moguls want you to believe that they're less sugar, zero sugar, high fibre, low carb, gluten free, low fat, high protein options are what is going to help you shed weight. Last year, the global market for weight loss was estimated at $142.6 billion US dollars. $142.6 billion. That's ridiculous. And we've all bought it, all of us, we've all bought into it at one time or another. I'm not, you know, left out of that group either. Part of that includes the advertising that makes everyone believe their pursuit for thinness is attainable by parading, I don't know, an underweight, youthful female, generally with movie star qualities and minimal clothes, holding their products that are going to change your life. Most recently, those promises have been under the guise of it being health and wellness. In large, it's the new term for the diet industry. It makes it hard for those of us trained or qualified professionals to try to improve people's health and wellness when the dietary industry has hijacked that messaging. Even beyond that, we are strongly influenced by our family and loved ones. How we grew up, watching our mums starve themselves to be a certain shape, family members commenting unwelcomingly on your weight. Oh, you're so skinny, you don't eat enough. That certainly plants in your mind the idea that not eating equals skinny. Or they might say, geez, they are growing a bit of a tummy, aren't they? Maybe they should play a sport. Again, you start to learn only way to lose weight throughout life is through exercise alone. Then there's the classic that even I received as a kid. If you don't eat everything on your plate, then there's no dessert. I mean, the kid is full. End of story. Get up and walk away now. But mum's telling me I have to eat all my dinner and then I can eat dessert too. What kid is going to want to turn away dessert? I don't actually need either of those. I'm full. 
What happens then with all of these learned behaviours and the bombardment of dieting marketing is that we jump on board just one more time because that's going to be the one that works, right? As a result, we lose or confuse all sense of our body knowing when we are hungry, what we are hungry for, when we reach a feeling of fullness, and it's hard to relearn how to listen for those cues. We eat because others are. We eat because it's a certain time of the day. We eat to be social. Or we eat because society tells us we are meant to have that many meals. We eat because we don't want to waste food or hurt someone's feelings. And we have every food imaginable to us 24-7. Discretionary foods have lost their meaning. (laughs) We can eat what we want, when we want it, with no regard for how far it's travelled how it's been produced, and what the heck is seasonal about a banana these days. (laughs) It's extremely convenient, and I get that it's got its advantages for a lot of our population, but we've lost all connection with our food. There's a reason you feel like certain foods in summer and heavy soups or stews in winter. But with food supply, we don't have to worry about seasons. There's a reason bears eat a lot before hibernation. Their innate biological needs tell them to bulk up, increase food intake so that they can survive the winter. How often are you listening to your innate cues? Dieting culture and the restrictive habits it forms that we swing in and out of confuse our hunger signals. The way that our body communicates with us on what it needs are just lost. How many times have you suppressed your appetite with drinking another coffee or grab something small even though your body's telling you You're starving, but you want to wait a few more hours before you eat again. When dieters, particularly women, are aware of their thoughts and the feelings of their body's biological needs, but ignore or silence the signals of hunger, those signals can actually decrease and decrease the person's ability to trust their actual hunger and satiation or that feeling of feeling full. What does that actually mean? When you are dieting or restricting your body's needs, then you confuse the messaging that lets you know when to eat, what your body needs, and when to stop. If you've ever changed your eating habits, then you'll notice you're suddenly craving foods like crazy, or you suddenly feel ravenous. There might be many of you thinking, great, I need to eat less to lose my unwanted weight. But this can actually cause the reverse of your desired goal. Silencing or confusing these cues with jumping from one diet to another leads to disordered eating. Now hold up a second, Brooke. (laughs) You might think that I am now being an extremist here. 
disordered eating, really, it's not that bad. Honestly, I'm not that bad, Brooke. But it is disordered eating. You might be surprised to know that disordered eating is classified as restrictive eating, so every diet ever made, <laughs> skipping eating, hello fasting, and compulsive eating. Who of you has tried restricting what you have been eating in some way and ended up binging on all the foods that you were supposed to be avoiding? Obviously, if not managed properly, this can develop into an eating disorder. It might feel extreme for me to say that, but it's absolutely common for disordered eating to result from this dieting culture. I see it regularly. And supposedly healthy eating styles, you know, the ones that talk about it as not being a diet but a way of life, these can also be based on restrictive behaviours. It's the same confusion for our poor old bodies. Let's talk about diet failure for a minute. When you fail with a diet, either it wasn't sustainable for you, it was too hard, or you couldn't eat any of the foods you love or grew up with, it wasn't because of a knowledge issue. You read the books, you did the research, you knew what choosing that diet or way of eating meant. So that wasn't the problem. Yet the harder you try to diet, the harder you fail. You feel like a massive failure and that there must be something wrong with you, not the diet, right? You're the one that keeps letting yourself down. Here's the thing. The harder you try to restrict the foods that you consume, the more your body and mind try to adapt to the self-imposed famine that they think is occurring. Your body doesn't understand you've made a choice to avoid eating before 11am. It thinks a global disaster has occurred instead. <laughs> as far as the cells in your body are concerned, you are trying to starve or kill them. Your brain responds to this by sending chemical signals for you to find large amounts of food quickly for your survival. Cravings are the result of this and escalate to a level you can't ignore. And for many, the pressure or need to eat escalates to such a point that loss of control eating occurs. You wanted to starve all of the fat from your body, but you fail and end up eating everything inside, right? Your body is very smart. Don't underestimate its abilities to survive. It gets smarter with each self-imposed diet or food restriction. That's why they become harder. And for all the diet failure, there comes a need to find the next one that will work, even if the last one didn't. Maybe you just need to fast for longer, eat even less calories, or avoid more foods. Wrong. Your body is trying to tell you over and over again, start listening. From the failure of one or many diets can come what we class as diet backlash. Ever lost weight? 
a few years ago maybe or 10 years ago using a certain diet or way of eating only to try it again and it was a big failure. You start to tell yourself it's you. You've done something wrong this time. Why isn't it working this time? Diet backlash is the side effects or symptoms from past dieting or restrictive eating behaviours. The body can start working against you even before you've started your next diet. It can physically change your metabolism because of past restrictions. It might be the thought of starting a new diet brings on urges for sinful foods or increased food consumption. You know that I'm not going to be able to eat this tomorrow, so I'm going to eat all of it tonight. <laughs> I'm going to be starving on this diet, so I'll eat everything now. Because that's really going to help you during it, right? <laughs> it can be at the end of a diet, binging on all the food not allowed in the diet. Food fears or feelings, or feeling of no trust, I should say, in your food choices. That wasn't included in the diet it must be bad for me what if I introduce that food afterwards am I going to put all the weight back on it's these kind of thoughts that really can mess with your head maybe it's also caused you to socially withdraw but, poss but possibly the worst diet backlash is a sluggish metabolism Many diets make the promise of improving your metabolism, but putting it simply, fueling your metabolism is like stoking a fire. Remove the wood or fuel and the fire diminishes. To fuel your metabolism, you must eat a sufficient amount or your body will try and compensate and actually slow down. For many, they have lost the ability to listen to their body. Interoceptive awareness is the ability to perceive physical cues or sensations from within the body. It's a fancy term for those empty feelings, the hunger noises our stomach makes, or feelings that we easily recognise as those hunger signals. But what about your energy levels, how tired you feel, a sensation of weakness, headaches, and your mood? These can also be signals that your body is running on low. We need to treat our bodies with dignity and respect. Consider how we are fueling it. Essentially eating with a self-care framework instead of a self-indulgent one. When you're eating intuitively for what your body needs, eating with respect of how to fuel your body, you're aware of the intrinsic influences to eating, those inner cues that influence your eating like hunger signals, and also the extrinsic factors. So those external ones uh, like your mood at the time, whether you're sad or mad or happy, <laughs> the social situations you're in and food availability. When you can start to tap back into these factors that influence your eating, 
you can relearn how your body should be fueled specific to your needs. Diet culture has a lot to answer for. And some of you may say, I'm part of it. And I guess I am. I've run cleanse programs before, but they were designed to feed the participant. <laughs> and my purpose was always to teach the person how to fuel their body, not flush it down the toilet bowl, so to speak. I work with women and men that want to lose weight, but my approach is pretty different. I teach healthy habits that look to nourish the body for its needs, not starve it, so that it will naturally release the weight. I'm forever banging on about eating and not starving your body. So yes, I'm part of it, but I like to think of myself as outside of the circle that creates these issues. We want to create a healthy relationship with food. That's what I'm all about. And relearn how to listen to our body's needs again. So how can we do that? Here are some simple tips that I've got for you that you can start with to quiet all the noise from outside influences and relearn what your body needs. Slow down while you're eating. This is my first one and it's a big one. Take the time to enjoy each mouthful and give your body a chance to catch up and let you know when you're starting to feel full. If you're rushing through a meal, if you're sort of feeding your face very quickly, if you're standing up rather than sitting down, all of these things can mean that your body doesn't give, get a chance to actually let you know when it's full. So slow down. The next one, try to include a variety of all foods. Unless you're allergic or intolerant or medically unable to, avoiding those unnecessary habits of restricting and prohibiting foods can be a big change. You might feel like you have little self-control and once allowed to eat anything, you'll eat everything. This won't be the case though. When you follow the other steps that I'm giving you, you'll be able to feel that fullness, to know when you can stop. You'll be able to get variety of foods and know and learn what your body actually needs. Really give yourself a little bit of trust here. The next one, concentrate on nourishing your body. Begin to rethink your food. How each part of it will actually work in your body. Think about it more on a fueling sort of framework than it is just about eating certain foods. So what I mean by that is really think about the food and how it's interacting with your body. What components of it are giving you energy? What components of it are feeding your gut or your brain? Those things. You don't have to get scientific. You don't have to get all thankful and grateful. It's just about really understanding what that meal, components of that meal, are going to offer your body. And enjoy the pleasure it can bring you. Yep, you can eat your cake too. Moderation comes when your body is not in a state of deprivation. I'm going to repeat that. 
<laughs> Moderation comes when your body is not in a state of deprivation. Next, remove distractions while you're eating, like your mobile phone or the TV. Turn it off. Talk with the people you are sharing your meal with or, if alone, put on some slow, relaxing tunes. Give your meal a sensation of it being relaxing. It's not hyped up. It's not angry. It's not, you know, this or that. It's about it being a calm environment, joyful environment, you know, fun environment for you to enjoy your food in. It actually changes the way that you are digesting those foods. Deal with any internal or external factors that might negatively influence you in an other way. Find an alternative way of dealing with them. For example, you feel stressed, go for a walk outside. You feel sad, have a cry. You feel uncomfortable in social situations, bring it back to a safe environment like your own home. You did a good job. Reward yourself with something other than food. Many of us use these things as an excuse or a reason to indulge in food. Come up with another way of actually dealing with them that's not food related. So it could be a bath. It could be a cup of tea, it could be, as I said, getting outside, it could be looking at the alternatives that you have that you can access or use to support you through those things. These are just a few of the steps to start with. It's really just like the icing on the cake, so to speak. <laughs> if you're having trouble identifying your personal habits that might be throwing you off course, need some support and finding a healthy way of reaching your goals then you can always reach out and contact me but stop wasting your time effort and money on diet culture take the time to relearn how to listen to her your body and her needs sounds a bit like marriage counseling right <laughs> but it is similar it's about reforming that relationship where you Clearly communicate with each other. Understanding your body's needs and why it's fighting against your wants is empowering. You just need to take a moment and be ready to leave all the yo-yo dieting and false promises behind. And that's really hard, particularly if you've dealt with this for the majority of your life. It's your normal. But if you can leave those things behind, there's freedom in it. A lot of what I talk about here is based on the idea of intuitive eating, but it's also a lot of common sense. I know some of this is things that you already know yourself, but when you've been influenced by so many outside factors for so long, all of the marketing, all of the materials, all of the influences that are saying it worked for them, to all of your best friends and your mums and your sisters and everybody who wants to give you their opinion. It can be hard to go back to what we were born with, what our kids 
instinctively know and what we need to relearn. So ditch the diet culture and set your own path. If somebody wants to give you some advice, thank them very kindly and say, you've actually got your own goals. <laughs> if you'd like what I shared here, uh, then please go and give it a like. If you want to hear more, hit the follow button and you'll never miss an episode. Thanks everybody for listening. I hope this has been really helpful for you or maybe just ignited an idea that you can look into a little bit further. Take care everyone. Bye. You have been listening to the Evolved Health Podcast with your host Brooke Archer. You can find me on your socials at Evolved Nutrition or go to my website evolvenutrition.com.au to work with me, check out my programs, delicious recipes and so much more. Thanks for listening.